Welcome to Journey Elgin of Elgin, Texas, where we are living life in Christ, impacting his kingdom. Our service times are Sunday at 9 a.m., followed by a second service at 1045 a.m. Today's message is Race of Faith from Hebrews 11 and 12. Here's Pastor Philip Thomas. You know, the, the blessings of God show themselves in many, many different ways. And as we transition into the time where we take a moment to give back to God and take up this morning's offering, we're reminded um, that God has blessed us in abundant ways, more than just financially, but it's not only that, it's our time, our talents, our gifts, our family, our relationships. All of those flow from God, and he calls us to be good stewards of all of that. And so as we take this morning's offering, we're reminded uh, that not only is it about being good stewards of our financial resources, but it's about being good stewards with all that God has given us. And, and uh, what a privilege it is to, to be part of God's mission to the world, that he calls us to, to partner with him. And we do that by being good stewards of all that we have. So let's uh, go, to the, go to the Lord in prayer as we prepare to take this morning's offering. Dear God, we thank you so much for the opportunity we have to give back to you. We thank you for all that you have given to us. And Lord, we just pray that we will be good stewards with that and that we will use it to further your kingdom. And I pray, Lord, that everything that is received today will be used to make an impact for you. In Jesus' name we ask him. Amen. All right. I do want to, uh, to thank uh, Lori today for stepping up and, and uh, singing. And uh, yes, definitely. And I, I know she was a, a, a little nervous. Uh, but uh, but she's been practicing, and and, uh, and I also just Olivia has been uh, singing with us now for uh, um, off and on for the last few months, um, and uh, uh, just uh, Valerie does a great job uh, working with them, and and uh, it's just really cool to see all that uh, come together, and uh, and of course then Kevin, he's kind of the the anchor back here, and uh, you know we'll we, uh, we I really I don't like pointing out. Kevin, except whenever I catch him making a mistake, and it doesn't happen very often. And uh, but uh, but no, I'll, I'll give him I'll give him credit. I'll have to give Kevin credit. He was on a kind of a last minute gig last night that took him to San Antonio, so I don't think he even got in until like three thirty. So I really don't know. He's good enough to where you don't know if he's messing up or not. But there's no way he's doing everything perfect, getting in at three thirty last night. But, uh, but no, we just really appreciate all of y'all and, and, uh, and the work that you put in and just thank you for leading this morning. So uh, this week uh, we're going to be going to children's camp and uh, it's going to be a, a great time. But, um, and I was asked to speak at this camp last year and so I'm doing it again this year. So I guess that's a good sign. I don't, I don't know. But, uh, but you kind of all of a sudden you kind of get into this camp mode. Um, and so, you know, you've got like six times that I have to speak at this camp. And, and so it's all blurring together. So I really don't know if, if my sermon today is supposed to be for Sunday morning or for Wednesday night at camp. But, uh, but we're going to go from it. And, and so I've been thinking about camp. And uh, one of the things that I remember, I remember going to a camp called Camp Penile. Uh, it's in Marble Falls. It's actually not too far from here. Um, really cool uh, camp. Um, you know, and that's... Man, that's probably been 30 years ago. That's terrifying. Uh, 30 years ago. It's amazing how in 30 years, if, whenever you look back, if, if you were just kind of didn't have any context and you looked at how 
kids were treated 30 years ago and what kids were allowed to do 30 years ago and what they're allowed to do now, you'd be like, we didn't care if kids lived or died 30 years ago. Like, there's so many more protections and things like that. And I say that because there was this swing at Camp Penile. And it wasn't just a swing. It was, it was on literally a crane. And it would be a crane that you would use if you were kind of putting an air conditioner unit on the top of this building. So, I mean, we're talking a, a, good, a good crane. And it had, just, it had a big, thick rope, good, safe rope, you know, down. And then uh, it had a big knot at the bottom. And, uh, and it was only about this big, a wooden disc, you know, that was, that was on the knot. And so you could, you could swing. And, I mean, it was huge. I mean, it was just an amazing uh, swing. And, uh, and I can remember, you know, watching kids do it and things like that and how cool that was. And, uh, you know, whenever you were a certain age, they, there was a platform that you got on and you had to pull the rope up to you. And, uh, and they would kind of set you on the wooden disc and then they'd let you go, you know. And, and then, of course, you have to be whole. I mean, you're not strapped in or anything. And, but then as you got older, there was the, where the cool kids went was up a little bit higher, this platform. The problem was is that you know how swings do. They, they only can come so far. And so you would be standing on the edge of this platform holding the rope. The uh, wooden disc is dangling like right here. And to get on, you literally have to jump just a little bit, I mean, it, and jump and then land on the wooden disc. And then, whoosh, you know, you go sailing. And, and so, you, you know, you're watching older kids do this. And you're like, oh, that's cool. I can't wait till I'm old enough to do that. And I can remember getting up there and sitting there. And I'm looking. And, and even as a kid, I'm like, this can't be safe. You know, it's like, but, but you're up there and people are watching. So you know, no, I've got to do this. And I wanted to do it. Like, I, I, I really did want to do it. It looked really fun. And, uh, and so, but you're sitting there, and I, and I can remember thinking, you know what, if that Johnny kid could do this, surely I can do it. And, uh, and this is not politically correct, but it's like, I saw a girl do this. Surely I could do this, right? And that has nothing to do with it. But I'm sitting there trying to think, Man, there, I've got to be able to get on this swing. And sure enough, I did, um, and, and I survived. Uh, now, the swing is not there, probably because some poor person did not uh, make it through the whole process. But, uh, but it's, it's not there anymore. But I think about that moment because really one of the reasons that I was willing to actually do it is because I had seen people do it before. Right? I knew that it could be done. And so I was like, well, if they were able to do it, so can I. It didn't really take away the fear. It didn't really make me a whole lot more confident. But I was like, no, this can be done, right? And, and that's a very strong motivation and a very strong assurance is knowing, hey, this has been done before. You know, that's, that's why it's so impressive like what uh, um, Armstrong did uh, whenever he uh, walked on the moon, right? You know, because no one had ever done that before. You know, and poor Buzz Aldrin didn't get out fast enough, and so no one even remembers him now. But, uh, but, it, but that's impressive, and there are times where that happens, and there's times where people have stepped out in faith, and they had nothing to back that up. But there's, there sure is a good assurance whenever you can look back and say, you know what? No, I've seen people do that before. 
Well, we're, we're, we're to the point in the book of Hebrews, getting into the very end. We're going to be in chapter 11 of Hebrews. And the whole book of Hebrews has been, you know, about this idea of, hey, life is going to be difficult. Your faith is going to be challenged. You're going to be stretched. But hang in there. You know, it's worth it. It's worth following Christ. It's worth believing in him. It's going to be okay. And so he's getting close to the end. The, the author is getting close to the end. And this is kind of one of those encouraging points. And it, it starts going through and talking about, look, here are the people that have done this before, that held on to their faith. And so in uh, chapter 11, starting in verse 1, we're just going to do uh, 1 through 4. It says, now faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. By faith we understand that the universe was formed at God's command, so that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. By faith Abel offered God a better sacrifice than Cain did. By faith he was commended as a righteous man when God spoke well of his offerings. And by faith he still speaks, even though he is dead. All right, so... The, the author has been uh, making the case for faith, making the case of who Jesus is, that Jesus is the high priest, that we have new life in him, uh, that, hey, there's going to be difficult times, uh, but, but hold fast. And, uh, and now he gets to that point where he's kind of uh, reassuring, and he just lays it out. And, you know, a lot of times we, people ask, well, what is faith? Well, this is a pretty good definition. I think a good place to define faith is probably from Scripture where faith is, is introduced. It says, faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. Being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. You know, there's this close correlation between faith and hope. You know, that, that our faith is based on something that we can't see, but something that we know is there, right? It's not a foolproof, right? It's not, you can't scientifically prove this, but there sure are, is a lot of evidence that points to it. And one of the main pieces of evidence is he's looking back and saying, look at all of these people. Look at how they have kept faith, how God remained faithful to them. And if God was faithful to them, and if they kept faith in God, then you can too. But faith is tied to this hope, this hope that we have that all of this is true, right? But it's, it's more, you know, it, it's more powerful than that. Um, because faith without hope, or hope on its own, is really just kind of, or can be just false optimism, right? We can force ourselves to have hope. You know, and, and a lot of people, uh, especially I would say in, uh, in my interactions with people um, through hospice and people who are facing death um, that, that don't have a faith background, they're still able to have some sort of hope, but it's kind of this, this optimism that they create. There's really no basis for it. They literally are just hoping kind of from out of thin air. And so it's very fragile, Right? Well, our faith is based in a hope that, some, that God is truly who he says he is. It's based on something that we believe is true, right? That's, a, that's totally different. Like our hope, we look forward 
than saying, you know what, God is going to take care of everything. Everything is eventually going to be made right. That God is going to give us the strength and the endurance to make it through each and every day. That's what our hope, it's built on something that is tangible. And that fuels our faith. And I think that's important for us to, to remember that our faith, we're just, it's not just out of thin air. That we can look back and we see how people have been faithful to God and God has been faithful to them. And uh, this passage, it introduces that. And again, remember this audience. This audience is a group of people that are starting to experience persecution. Right? And so the writer is saying, hey, remember that this is not something new. You know what? God has been with people who have been persecuted before, and he's going to be with you as well. And, uh, and I love how, it, uh, and we didn't read through, and I'd encourage you to read through chapters 11 uh, and into chapter 12. Um, it starts listing the people of faith, and it starts off with Abel. And the reason that I, I read through that is it said that Abel's faith, the, the faith that he had to offer the sacrifices to God, that that faith speaks to us even though he has died, right? That the faith of those who have preceded us give us hope today and can strengthen our faith. You know, and I, I want to continue on. I want to read in chapter 12. So just skip over just one page or a couple of swipes in your phone. <laughs> I, you know, you know, there was the, the old joke whenever phones started, you know, really becoming uh, popular. And, you know, and a pastor would get upset that all his congregation is on the phone. And then, you know, they'd say, no, we're actually reading the Bible. Well, for a long time, that wasn't true. Now, I think it actually, it is, it is true. Yeah. Yes, yeah, look. Okay, Lori, that's good. Because you were on my list. But, uh, but, <laughs> but, it, but it's, really, it's really funny now to see all the phones come up and, you know, you just start scrolling along. That's, that's how I do it. This is the, I think this is the only, I leave this Bible here. Because if I know if I take it out of here, I'm going to forget it. But I won't forget my phone. So I, I always have it. But uh, in Hebrews chapter 12, it says this. And again, kind of coming across this idea of that the, those who have passed before still influence us, still give us and strengthen our faith. It says, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Let, our, let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning at shame and set, sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinful man so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. All right, so again, he is, the writer is... is in this constant mode of encouraging the people not to lose heart, not to be weary. That's a phrase that's been used in Hebrews before. And, and I love the image that is, that is put forth here. It's running a race, right? And I just, this, has any of you ever run like a half marathon, marathon, anything like that? You, you, you're a runner, right? Yeah. Have you run a marathon? Okay, good. Because anyone that runs a marathon, that's crazy. Like, I'm so, have you? That's awesome. And, but it's crazy. Like, things can be both, right? And I've always been just unbelievably impressed with someone that could, one, dedicate themselves to the time required to prepare for that race, 
but then to actually run that race. You know, because you don't, um, I'm assuming in training for a 26-mile marathon that you don't get up and run 26 miles every day, right? You, you, you're working it your way up so that whenever you get to that race, you, you think and you, you've prepared enough, you're like, no, I think I can make it 26 miles. You know, I may not have run that, you know, the week before, but I've prepared myself to do it. And so that's kind of the, the illustration that's being used here is this running this race and persevering. And, uh, and, and I've experienced this a, little, a long time ago when I used to run um, because I was forced to run to be in athletics. And, uh, you know, that, that as you run, your body obviously starts getting worn down. And you start to get to that point where you're just like, okay, that's it. I'm, I'm done. But then if you persevere, if you keep going, you get a little burst of energy. You know, and, and, uh, and you, you read about it all the time, and that's how people are able to continue to push themselves for 26 miles, and it's just really incredible. And I, and I love that image because there's so much that that's speaking to of our life, right, that we have to persevere through life, that there's times that we just want to check out, and there's going to be times that we want to say, you know what, it's not worth trying to live this life that God has called me to live. I'm just, I just don't want to do it anymore. And he's saying, no, persevere, keep up. And, uh, and, and he says to, that there's this cloud of witnesses that are there. And he's talking about all these people who have gone before, who have run the race. And, uh, and I love that picture. If you've ever uh, watched uh, like the Boston Marathon or any of those marathons, the finish line, just tons of people are gathered, right? And they're watching the runners uh, come. And I, I want you to put that in this uh, scripture's context. So as we're, as we're running this race of life, there at the end is this cloud of witnesses that are there waiting for us. But in the center of that cloud of witnesses is the author and perfecter of our faith, Jesus Christ. And that that's who we fix our eyes on. That that is who gives us the strength to persevere through all of this. And what's, what's really cool about that is this cloud of witnesses, all of these people, none of them are perfect. All of them have lots of flaws. All of them have messed up. All of them at some point in their race, they wanted to check out. But they chose to keep going and chose to persevere. And so now they finished the race, right? And now they are with the one who is the perfecter of the race, who is the perfecter of their faith. And so, in a sense, now they're being made perfect in him, right? And, uh, and I, I, I love that uh, uh, analogy because so often I think we get really frustrated with ourselves. And we look at people who, you know, are our mentors in our faith and we say, man, I could just never do that. You know, because we, sometimes we, we put people on platforms and, and idolize and we're, you know what, they're just people just like us, Right? But that group, that cloud of witnesses that goes through in Hebrews, it talks about, uh, you know, Abraham and all of these people. All of them had major faults as well. But yet they remained faithful and God remained faithful to them and they were able to finish the race. I want to show a little video that uh, just kind of uh, talks about the, uh, the, it's called the March of the Unqualified. You know, that this group of people who have gone before us and how they're unqualified. They're not qualified to, uh, to, to do what they did, but God made them that way. And so let's watch this video, Lily. 
think God can't use you? Think he only uses perfectly qualified people? Take a closer look. Moses was not a great speaker. Jonah ran from God. Jacob was a liar. Noah got drunk. Rahab was a prostitute. David had an affair. Jeremiah was depressed a lot. Solomon was rich in wisdom, but poor in lifestyle. John the Baptist was just plain poor. Timothy was too young. Abraham was too old. Lazarus was dead. Sarah was barren. Naomi was a widow. Gideon and Thomas both doubted, and so did Sarah. Peter lacked self-control. James and John were self-righteous. Paul had a short fuse. Well, so did Peter and Moses. Actually, lots of people did. God's army isn't perfect. It never has been. It's the march of the unqualified. Get in line. You know, I, I love that what Hebrews is talking about. It's talking about these, all these people who have gone on before, who were not perfect, who messed up. But yet if God remained faithful to them, he's going to remain faithful to us as well. You know, because we're going to be in places in our life where life tries to knock us down. You know, it's going to be from something that happens in your family, something that happens in, at work, something that is out of your control is going to happen. It will. And so the question is going to be, are you going to remain faithful in those times? And God is going to be faithful to you. He's been faithful to so many others. And you know what? There's also going to be times where you may not want to admit it, but you're going to mess up. And it's going to be the direct result of a decision or an action that you do that's going to be really start messing with your life. Right? And it's very easy to get bitter at that and say, well, God, why did you allow that to happen? Well, because you made that choice, right? But you know, if you'll step back and think about it and allow God to forgive you and allow God to restore you and continue to remain faithful to him, he will. I mean, we just did a list of people who sinned and did things that in a lot of, a lot of times that churches today would probably say, you know what, you're not really qualified to be here. Right? But yet... They remain faithful to God. It doesn't excuse their actions, and all of them paid consequences for the things that they did. But they chose to remain faithful to God, and God remained faithful to them. You know, life can be like that river. It can be unpredictable. It can be challenging. And there's going to be times that it's going to push us to abandon our faith. And you know what? People have great uh, arguments to abandon your faith. You say, well, what do you mean? You can't prove it. Right? Well, 
We know that. Scripture is very honest with that. It says, yeah, we can't prove this. But just because you can't prove something scientifically doesn't mean that it's not true. And our faith is based in a hope that we have in God, that God is going to make everything right, that the injustice that we face, the difficulty that we endure in this world, that God is working through that and he is going to make everything right. And he's been doing that generation after generation after generation. And you know what? He'll keep doing that for generations to come until he decides to come again. Right? We need to choose. Are we going to put our faith in the one who is faithful to us each and every day, no matter what we may face? Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Dear God, we thank you so much for the opportunity that we have uh, to live our life for you, uh, to put our faith in you in a hope of something that we can't see, but something that we know is true. Lord, I pray that you will be with us as we go through life and we face the ups and downs. Lord, that you will give us the strength to be faithful to you no matter what. And I thank you that you are a God who is faithful to us. Lord, we love you. We thank you for loving us. In Jesus' name we ask you. Amen. Thank you for listening to Journey Elder. Come check us out. We're located at 1221 North Avenue C, Elgin, Texas 78621. You can contact us at www.journeyelgin.org or call us at 512-661-8411. That's 512-661-8411. We hope to see you soon and may God bless you.